Welcome to Healing School Part 2, The Compassion of the Lord, Psalm 145, verses 8 and 9. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and of great mercy. The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. There was a man who lived and ministered in the early 20th century called F.W. Bosworth, Many thousands of miracles God performed through the hands of this dear man. And he said, God is not anything so much as love. And we're going to study the scriptures and we're going to see the goodness of God and the mercy. And it's not only in the area of forgiveness of sins, but also in the area of physical healing. But it says his tender mercies are over all his works. You know, it's like his tender mercies hover over and are upon all his works. Do you remember the uh, blind Bartimaeus? And he was crying out, Son of David, have mercy upon me. And what he was crying out for was healing. And he was brought to Jesus, and um, Jesus uh, laid hands on him, and he was totally healed. His sight was restored. So God's mercy is God loving your body, healing your body. We read in Mark chapter 1 verse 40 to 45 that Jesus was full of compassion. This is one of my favorite Bible accounts. I hate to call them stories because it sounds like it's make-believe, but it's a true story. And I love the account in Luke because Luke was a physician and he gives us a little bit more detail. And Luke says, behold a man who was full of leprosy. Leprosy was taking its full and horrendous toll. And it's like your flesh rots on the bone. And if you wipe your eyelids, so I'm told, it's like it's gone. And you wake up and you've, you've lost your fingers, they've fallen off. And toes and just left with stumps. And because of the Levitical law, which actually in itself was a sensible law because it was highly contagious, um, they had to wear special clothing, which actually was with um, ragged clothes which spoke of death and they had to ring a bell and, and say unclean, unclean and they could not live with the, the local community. So let's call this man Joseph and Joseph is a happy healthy man living with his family and let's say uh, his wife and let's say three children whom he loves dearly and then he notices the first symptoms of this dreaded disease. And this is my make-believe, I'm imagining, well, he would pretend, well, no, maybe it's just a sore, maybe it isn't leprosy. But soon it becomes so apparent to him, to Joseph, that he has leprosy and he has to go to the priest and he's declared unclean. He is not allowed near his family, he has to go, uh, go out of the city. And of course, the lepers would um, congregate together to, you know, as it were, to look after one another, to... to um, to console one another, but it was very much an atmosphere of death and no hope. And this man, Luke tells us, was full of leprosy. But then he saw, he saw Jesus. What did he do? He ran to Jesus. He fell on his face and he begged him saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. What was Jesus' response? First of all, it tells us Jesus was moved with compassion. Wherever you see Jesus moved with compassion, it was he was moved with compassion and he healed. 
So Jesus was moved with compassion and he stretched out his hand and it tells us he touched him. This must have been the first touch of someone who was clean touching an unclean person who's highly contagious. I mean, that must have brought tears to his eyes. And Jesus touched him and said, I am willing, be clean. And that word, I am willing, or if you are willing, I'm told that the literal, literal meaning is, if you really want to, Lord, if you really want to, you can make me whole. And Jesus' response is the touch of love. I really want to be clean. So whatever you are full of, that will move you. And so when we're born again, one of the first things that God requires of us is to change our thinking. I want to tell you a story about um, a scientific experiment that, was that took place to prove that it's the brain that turns the picture around the right way that's received into our eyes. I didn't realize this, but um, that the image that is projected into the eyes, actually it's upside down and it's the brain that turns it around the right way. So to prove this, they made some special spectacles. They were rather like goggles and the lady had to wear them 24-7 for as long as the experiment went on. And of course it was very difficult, first of all, because everything was upside down. And eventually her brain turned the picture around the right way. And so what I'm saying here is God tells us not to be conformed to this world, to the thinking of this world, which actually says that God doesn't love you, uh, healing is finished, you're not good enough to be healed, none of us are good enough to be healed, none of us deserve any of God's mercies. But, but, God sent Jesus Christ to bear our sins and to bear our sicknesses. And so God tells us, be not conformed um, to this world's thinking, but be ye transformed. That word transformed means, to be, means a total change a complete and radical change for the good. So be ye transformed, how? By the renewing of your mind. Our, our mind is renewed by the word of God. And so we're going to renew our minds today with the word of God to see that actually God wants to heal you more than you want to be healed. And that is astounding. And so we return to our text, Psalm 145, where it says, God is gracious and full of compassion. That word gracious means disposed, can't help yourself. God can't help himself, it's his nature. It says that God is gracious, he is disposed to show favors. In, in another scripture in Micah chapter 7, verse 18 and 19, it says, who is a God like you? pardoning iniquity and passing over the transgression of the remnant of his inheritance, oh sorry, of his heritage. And it says about God, he does not retain his anger forever. Why? Because he delights in mercy. And that word mercy is, is mercy for your body, for your sick body. He will again have compassion on us. He will subdue our iniquities, you will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. If we have sinned 
and, and sickness has come upon us because of our lifestyle, because of that sin, that all we need to do is turn to the Lord and repent uh, because Jesus has borne the penalty for our sins in his body so that we might be set free through his precious blood. And so these verses um, in Micah, they emphasize God's immense compassion and his will to forgive and to forget the sin in his covenant faithfulness, in his covenant Hasid love, that love that is not dependent on how we behave, but who he is. 2 Chronicles 16.9, it says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth in order to show himself strong in behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to him. We make lots of mistakes. We sin every day. But if our heart is for God and we want to change, uh, he, he will show himself strong in our behalf. You see, scriptures very clearly state that a heart that is fully devoted to God, a, a, a heart that is seeking the face of God, will be blessed by him. Be confident that if you seek God with all your heart and with all your soul, he will surely be found of you. And Ephesians 3.20 says that now to him who is able to do not just a little bit or part of what we ask or just what we ask. No, it says now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly. Exceedingly abundantly above what? All that we can ask or think according to the power that dwells, that works in us. Now that word abundantly, the Greek word, if I'm pronouncing it right, is perisos. And it's superabundance, excessively. God is able to do exceedingly excessively above all that we can ask, exceedingly overflowing, exceedingly surplus, exceedingly over and above, exceedingly more than enough, exceedingly profuse, exceedingly above the ordinary, exceedingly extraordinary, exceedingly more than sufficient. One of God's names is El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough to meet your need for healing. And so can you imagine about the ceiling above you where you are in your home? The whole of the Atlantic Ocean is focused on your ceiling. And your heart is reaching out to God and as it were makes a little hole and all the power and all the love and all the healing of God just literally pours down upon you. It says that God is good to all and his tender mercies are over upon all, all his creatures, all his works. So you are part of that all. God's tender mercies, God's healing mercies are above you, over you, upon you. We just need to know and reach out with a hand of faith, with a heart of faith. And so Jesus said about the devil in John 10.10, 10, he said, the thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And I've known, I've had sick days, and I've had well days. Well days are far better. And sick days, they do, they steal, they kill, and they destroy. But Jesus said, 
but I have come that they, that you may have life. That word life is zoe, the life of God. It's a massive word which is, uh, it includes total physical healing. So I have come that you may have healing, that you may have God's life, and that you may have it more abundantly, that you might have that life in excess, superabundance, beyond your greatest expectation, more than sufficient, El Shaddai. Again, this lovely man, Mr. Bosworth, said, God is infinitely good, and he exists forever in a state of consecration, isn't it? A state of cons entire consecration to pour forth blessings upon his creatures. His tender mercies are over all his works, um, whenever they make it possible, which all may do. I want to give you a biblical illustration. There's, uh, this is in Luke chapter 5, verses 17 to 26. I'll read it. Now it happened on a certain day that as Jesus was teaching, there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who'd come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. This, and this is absolutely gripped me. And the power of God was present to heal them. It refers to the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. God loved them so much. He wanted to heal them. The power of God was right there for them. Let's look at the rest of the story. Did they all get healed? Then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before Jesus. And when they could not find out how they might bring him in, because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and they dug a hole and let him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man, Man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and Pharisees began to reason. The people who God wanted, the scribes and Pharisees and the other people there, began to reason, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? And Jesus said, Which is it easier to say, you know, Arise, take up your bed and be healed, or your sins are forgiven you. And Jesus explained why he come and what he could do. Anyway, they, they'd got really upset. You see, the power of the Lord was present to heal everybody there. But we only see that one man was healed. What was the difference? Because his friends had faith. They believed, he believed, that Jesus had the power of God to heal him. And we need to give God the opportunity to heal us by coming to him in faith, trusting that he is able and really wants to heal us. So often we believe that God is able, but that he's not that willing, or he's willing to heal other people, but not me. You see, compassion, that's the Latin word, which I can't pronounce, but anyway, the first part is com, which means with. Passius means to suffer, to suffer with. Now, we see this in the cross of Jesus Christ. God loves you. He loves your body so much. 
Jesus loves you. He loves your body so much that he paid the absolute ultimate price on the cross. He paid for our sins. He paid for our healing. Now, which of you of a parent, your child is sick. You will do anything to make your child well. And that's a picture of God. You know, I've heard someone say, if I cut off my arm, if that would make my child better. Or I've heard someone say, I wish I could take my child's sickness and make them well. But you see, that's what God did. He took your sickness to make you well. He put it on Jesus so that you could be free. Believe. Believe that God loves you and that he loves your body. And so, this is absolutely amazing what God did, that he went he paid the absolute price to suffer on the cross. As we said in Mark 1, 40, 45, the man said, if you really want to heal me, Jesus responded, I really do want to heal you. If you say to the Lord, do you really want to heal me? Jesus is saying to you right now, I really want to heal me, to heal you. And then in Matthew 14, 13 and 14, it says, Jesus was moved with compassion and healed their sick. It says that he saw the multitude moved with compassion. He healed all their sick. Matthew 9, 35, it says, Jesus was healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. There is not a, there is not a disease and not a sickness that God is not able to heal. It's us. We need to take our limits off of God. God can heal and wants to heal every kind of sickness and every kind of disease. And then there were the two blind men that came to Jesus in Matthew chapter 20. And they said, have mercy on us. And God had mercy on them. He gave them complete sight. So God's mercy, God's tender mercy is healing for the body. And it says in Matthew 15, And great multitudes came to him, bringing with them those who were lame, crippled, blind, dumb, and many others. They laid them down at his feet, and he healed them. And, you know, they were healed so that the multitude marveled. They saw the dumb speaking. They saw the crippled restored. They saw the lame walking. They saw the blind seeing. And they glorified God. And I want to go to another um, Bible story that I absolutely adore. The woman with the issue of blood. And it's not like she'd only been sick five minutes. Twelve long years. And women will really understand what it's like, this constant bleeding. She must have been incredibly anemic, very weak. Uh, Luke chapter 8, verse 43 to 48. Now a woman having a flow of blood for twelve years who had spent all her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any. Have you been to lots of doctors? They say there's no hope. That's what happened to this woman. And she, she heard about Jesus and she pressed through the crowd. She was unclaimed. She shouldn't be there. She had to go through lots of thought, lots of mind blocks, as it were, um, that she shouldn't be there. She, she wasn't allowed to touch Jesus. But she came from behind and she touched the border 
of his garment and immediately her flow of blood stopped. Now the border, that is so interesting because Jews were commanded um, by God through Moses that they had to have tassels sorry, on the corners of their garments. And within that tassel, they had to have a blue thread. The tassels were there to remind them of the covenant of God, of uh, the law of God, of the love of God, um, and to um, obey God's word, of the words of God. And as they walked, these tassels were to remind them to walk and live in the word of God and God's covenant promises. And the blue represents the faithfulness, the covenant faithfulness of God. And so as she took a hold of that, she was grasping hold and believing the covenant faithfulness of God for healing because that, that was there, God's healing covenant. And she held on to it and immediately she was healed. And Jesus felt power going out of him because see, Jesus turned around and he said, who touched me? And everybody said, not me, not me. Oh no, no, not me. And Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitudes are thronging and pressing you. And you ask, who touched me? But Jesus said, somebody touched me because I perceive power going out from me. And when the, the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him. And she declared to him in the presence of all the people, the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And Jesus' response was, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. And it shows, this demonstrates the compassion of God. You see, an unclean person, if they touched anything, it became unclean. And um, the, 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 the religious people of the day had so sort of built upon um, these Levitical laws that people who were unclean felt so isolated from God. So what did this demonstrate? It demonstrated, first of all, that healing is freely available. It demonstrates that God does not want to be separated from you. That if one is unclean, he wants to touch you and make you whole. That God wants to be close to you. And Jesus never dispensed healing grudgingly. Like, oh, well, since you've taken it, I suppose you might as well keep it. No. He said, be of good cheer. This is wonderful. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Be at peace. Enjoy your healing. And it also shows that healing was on tap. Anyone could have touched his garment and been healed. But one woman had got a hold of the covenant promises of God in, in the illustration of the tassels, and she was immediately healed. And Jesus never put anyone through a means test before he healed them to see if they were good enough or did they go to church enough. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. What did Jesus tell his disciples to do? What did he tell his church to do? And the church is still carrying out his will on the earth today. Mark 16, 15, he says, 
Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel, the full gospel, to all creation. And these signs shall accompany those who have believed in my name. They shall lay hands on the sick and they will, of an assurance, they will recover. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the church continues his ministry even to this very day. You see, God healed me. If anyone did not deserve to be healed, it was me. Um, if ever you've heard my testimony, you will know I came with a bad attitude. I was arrogant, but God had mercy on me. And he healed me from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. And I am stronger and feel younger today than I ever did 22, no, 30 years ago when God healed me from rheumatoid arthritis. That had actually, was, I hadn't had it very long, but believe me, that was long enough because I was in 24 hours pain. And God took the pain away, he took the disability away, and he made me whole. And God doesn't have favorites. It says that in, um, let's return to our text, that the Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger, Oh, he was so slow to anger with me. I, I must have been fearing. And great mercy. And his tender mercies are over all his works. Let us pray. Father God, I ask you in the name of Jesus that these dear ones, as they have heard your words, Lord, that their hearts have reached out to you. I ask you in the name of Jesus that they would receive your blessing, your healing right now, even as I speak, totally filling their bodies, even as you did mine, going in the top of their head and right through their bodies, through the whole of their bodies, pushing out the sickness, pushing out the pain, healing them from top to toe. In the name of Jesus, to the glory of your wonderful holy name. Mm -hmm.